When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And then, boom, boom. That's excellent, man. Come on. We're going to do it. They get going. We're going. We're going. We're going. We're going. Score. You know, I'm not sure Kevin O'Connell was fully committed to that score chant. He wasn't. It was really disappointing. He started off fully committed. Is he he fully committed as the Vikings coach? If you can't do a fully committed skull chant, I don't know. Three letters for you: TBD. Definitely TBD. TBD. I don't know. I think everything's TBD after last night. Yeah. Good point. We are alive. We are primed and ready to, <laughs> with clear minds and with Full the heist. cold and the rain and the surly before I die ales out of our systems, ready to evaluate well. what the Vikings did last night. Well, maybe not fully. I'm with Declan. I'm not quite sure it's out of the system yet. So, um, yeah, that was a freaking blast last night. If you missed any of our what wound up being a, what, a four and a half hour live stream on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. You can go watch any which part of it. If you want to watch the whole thing back and see massively disappointed fans as the Vikings made the trade. Uh, if you want to see Declan hiding from the cold and the wind and the rain trying to produce on the fly, you can check all of that out. But this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's Mackie, Judd, and our executive producer, Declan Goff. And the show is presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company. We'll talk about that great event last night later. And TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. All right, question number one on this four-question Friday. And it comes from Andre via the Score North app. I want to hear your initial gut reaction after the Vikings' first-round pick. He actually sent this before the draft. He just wanted, he said, hey, when everything, when the smoke clears and everything's done, what's your, what's your reaction? He says, also, after the draft, adrenaline has worn off. So I think we gave you the gut reaction on the show yesterday. But after the adrenaline has worn off, what is your satisfaction level on a scale of 1 to 10? And I think we'll include the trade back and then the drafting of Lewis Seen, Safety Georgia. So he wants a 1 to 10 yeah. satisfaction rating here. Um, okay. So I processed this at the time and I'm going to fully admit I struggled post draft party 
at Surly, I couldn't sleep, so I did a column. So I gave it some more thought, processed some more. Got some sleep, woke up. I give it a two. Wow. I, I have no idea what they're doing. I have no idea what the, just let's go big picture, okay? Let's go like off-season strategy. I have no clue other than paying homage to the the Rick Spielman years. It's like Quazy is doing his cover of Rick's greatest hits. Uh, he It's a cover album from Quazy. It's a, it's a bouquet to Rick Spielman. And I am so confused by this because, first of all, you're telling me that you traded back. You didn't trade back from 12 to 20. You traded back from 12 to the last pick of the first round. You're telling me at 12, there was nobody with a team that definitely needs components and help, right? That there was nobody who you consider talented enough to pick off at 12. Then you trade with a division opponent, which I'm not uh, totally against, but I think that you have to feel like I won the trade. Not like me and my buddy, if Quasi talked about this in his press conference last night, and it was almost like me and my buddy from the Lions, we talk a lot and we're close. Dude, you got to win that trade. Not only did you not win that trade, but then with the first pick, you take a safety. A safety, which Phil, Declan, we talked about positional value. Like yeah. you went through Cleveland Browns, the, the the tenants of their selection process, which, by the way, didn't include safeties. And in doing so, no matter what I thought of Kyle Hamilton, he was regarded as one of the best players in the draft. He was available at 12, and he's a safety. I am confused. I'm conflicted. I'm perplexed. Uh, I don't even know I'm upset because I'm so damn confused. So I, I really haven't changed. I And, like, there's no – I've checked with people I respect this morning and said, what – WTF, man? What do you – Did yeah, you send any text that said WTF, bro, question mark? No, I did not. I'm too old for that. But I did send uh, – On the talk. But I did send – yeah, that's a good point. I did send notes saying I'm confused. Like, help me out here. Like, I'm missing something, right? Nobody can. Yeah. So did yeah did did you get any clarity and you no. and you put out feelers it was just okay no okay Dex do we have can we can we play some Quasi clips here yeah because Quasi by the way I, the thing I'm questioning most actually is the the pattern choices of Quasi's tie and suit coat I feel yeah, like I it like clashes it. a little bit it looks like he's still in Cleveland it's clashing a little bit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right let's start this one uh, you know again you plan for every scenario so we had you know if this then this and you know there was. Uh, there was a thought, you know, to stay in the pick and, and make a selection, but, you know, we stuck to our plan. We had a really rigorous process coming into this where we did a, you know, a collaborative environment uh, discussion with everybody in the building and we kind of talked through it and we knew why we do what we did. Um, but, you know, when there's great players still left on the board, you understand it. Um, but that's, you know, ultimately the decision we came to. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, bad and, suit game. Bad suit game, Quasi. I don't get the tie. I th- I'm cool with the suit game if the tie is a solid color. I don't yeah. know. There's just a lot of patterns happening yeah, a lot, there. A lot so. happening. So, Maybe so, he traded the tie back for another tie. Yeah, he <laughs> could have. He had a different tie selected, yeah. but thought there was some value. Intentional in the tie. tie selection, intentional you guys. Selection. It was, it was, collaborative. It was a collaborative, intentional yeah. tie situation. So, so, so Judd, you're, you're a 2 out of 10 on the satisfactory yeah. scale. Um, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to have to average two scores because I look at this in two parts. My opinion on this is is part one, part two. So I'll start with part two, which is the drafting of Lewis Seen. Um, just after after consuming from people that study the draft very closely and just doing a little bit more digging late at night, last night, early this morning, I think it's hard because 
there are certain like there are certain people. Our guy Thor Nyström from NBC Sports Edge, who's going to study like 400 players, right? I think like in the work that we have done, I think we probably go 20 or 25 players deep because that's the range that we kind of thought the Vikings were going to be in. So I didn't do a lot of research on other than watching him in some of the big Georgia games. Uh, Lewis Seen was not someone that was on my personal radar. So I had to go do some more homework last night this morning. I'm 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 like a 7 out of 10 on the drafting of Lewis Seen in a vacuum, okay? So let's put the trade aside for a second. I'm like a 7 or a 7.5 out of 10. Positional value is probably what dings it for me. It's the first-round safety. You already have Cam Bynum. Harrison Smith might be close to retiring or moving on after the season, so I get that this isn't just a 2022 play. Uh, but PFF had Lewis seen as their 26th player on the big board, and so they wind up getting the 26th player on PFF's board with the 32nd pick. Uh, the consensus big board across all of the mock draft landscape had him as the 32nd player, and he runs a considerably faster 40-yard dash than Kyle Hamilton does. Uh, Kyle Hamilton ran a 4-6, and Lewis Seen ran a 4-3-7, and was just incredible stopping the run. I mean, hell, this guy this guy was the leading tackler and defensive MVP of the national championship game for one of the great defenses in recent college football history. Also, the Vikings were very high on, just in terms of their own draft board, Quasey said verbatim, we were looking at him in the teens. So the Vikings had him on their board, I don't know, somewhere in the teens, maybe early 20s. PFF had him at 26, so in a vacuum, this dude's a good player. Maybe he has a chance to be a great player. Seems like a really smart, intelligent guy as well and fits the culture that they're trying to build. So in a vacuum, seven, seven and a half out of ten for me. The trade, I'm like a two. And that's what's hard to reconcile here. Yeah. So you you basically, if I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly. And by the way, Kyle Hamilton was the number one safety on pretty much everyone's board. He was eighth on PFF's big board, and he was eighth on the consensus big board, and he fell a little bit probably because of the 40 time. But you basically, like, you could have had Kyle Hamilton and just kept your picks intact the way that they were lined up. Mm-hmm. And they chose Lewis Seen and an extra third, basically, right? And a higher second. And a, a, yeah, and a, four, like a, and a, a 12, a 12 pick difference right. between. But it, how, how much of a difference is there between the 34th pick and the 46th pick? Not not nearly as much as oh. the 12th to the 32nd. Yeah, I'm not debating. Zero debate. So, so the question, I, and I don't have a great answer for this because I'm not an NFL scout, but would you rather have Kyle Hamilton or Lewis Seen and an additional third-round pick and you move up a little in the second round? I mean, that's or, that's basically what they did. Or... Not a safety, but the best talent available at twelve. Yeah, like that's what that's where I'm focused. Is you literally move down? Like you are not in a position, in my opinion, with, with where this franchise stands right now, to do something that doesn't appear to be completely savvy. And this is not. This is not like there, there's nothing about this. I mean, Scene might be a good player. I have no idea, but there is nothing about this that screams, "Oh, oh!" I sort of see what you did there. Oh yeah, okay, crazy. Let's go. This is good. This is this is basically at twelve. You you looked at a a, a patch of really good players, yeah. and it's like I, I'm out here. I'm going to bail out. And the Vikings look. They're at a point where I think 
they need depth and help and talent, most importantly, top talent. And they, I mean, they've clearly passed. You, you, if you go from 12 to 20 and you get an extra first round pick in 2023, let's talk. Let's talk all day. Heck, if you got Detroit's first round pick in 23, oh, okay, I'm in. That's savvy. This just seems to me like the chair might have been too big for Quazy last night. And, and I'm, you know, I'm getting more and more concerned. Like, who's weighing in here? Like, he talks about the whole building. And I, I know some of that's just spiel. But, like, who's weighing in here to say, yeah, oh, here's what we're going to do? Because my fear is this. If you listen to to too many people, in because collaboration's fine when it's people that you think are smarter th- than you and that you trust. I get that one. But when you listen to the consensus of of everybody, the football ops, ownership, janitors, chefs, you're always going to find people who think they're smart but they're really not. And those people, I don't need to tell both of you guys, will sabotage careers. I heard the I heard the chef was really low on this pick, actually. I think the, the chef wanted them to take McDuffie with the 12th pick. Mm-hmm. That's what my sources are telling me. No, I, I think, again, that there's like two or three different draft value charts, too. And Quasey has referenced those, and he has said, you know, we kind of, you know, we base, yeah. we base the discussion off the draft value charts. One of them, the old school one that, that's more widely used around the media. The old Jimmy Johnson one shows that the lions fleece the Vikings with this trade. There's some other ones like you know, ESPN and PFF have some that show it's a little bit more even, or maybe the Vikings got like a fourth round pick value. My gut says the Phil Mackey draft value chart says, if I'm going to trade 20 pick, if I'm a team that has missed the playoffs and hasn't been above 500 for two years, and I've got a top 12 pick and could move up even right. Like I, yep. I can get an impact player. Yep. I need more than an extra third-round pick to move right. back 20 spots. That's what the Phil Mackey draft value chart says. I need I need more than yes. – if it, if it was the same trade and I get to keep my second-round pick, cool. Let's roll. Yep, I'm good with it. Or if you're giving me a first-round pick next oh. year, which would have – the Lions' first-round pick All next year is, is a top-ten pick, and that's probably why you didn't get it. All in. I don't know. It just felt like you needed more in that trade. Eddie. In this case, I will say this definitively, and I thought thought about this last night too. In this case, screw the draft value charts. Wow, like such disrespect. Screw that. No, but I'm serious. But I mean, we try and and, and look. There are trades made for sure that involve fir- first round picks where I think it's a relevant good question. What's this worth? Um, I don't love them, but I certainly get them. But in this case, as you just said, Phil. I don't think that you need um, a printout or to go online and look at at what this uh, what this first round pick is worth to know that going down twenty spots and going to the last pick of of the first round, where which by the way you're going to take a safety, which is we know this not a premium position. I don't think that you need numbers to tell you that doesn't feel right. No. All right, Declan, one to ten scale. I'm at about a five. Lukewarm here. Um, okay. I think I, th- I think the the pick they made was fine. It was fine at thirty two. But I didn't love that the compensation they gave up or they got in return to move back the twenty slots. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Now I will say, what happens here on day two? I think could potentially make up for what they didn't do in round one of the draft. They now have three picks, so I'm curious on what those three picks could be. And I think it might 
you know, even th- some things out after Kwesi Adolfo Mensa's first real day uh, on the job here for, for the draft. But in general, I'm at a five, man. Like safety, I would have just taken Hamilton. If we're if, at the end of the day, if you're just going to take a safety at 32, why didn't you just take Hamilton at 12? Why didn't you just do that then? They, I, I, so here's another guess because we don't know what their big board looks like. We know that they had Lewis seen very high on it, somewhere somewhere within the range of the teens to where Quasi felt comfortable saying we were looking at this dude in the teens. Now, could they have had him 23rd and he's lying a little bit to pump his tires? Is it also possible that they didn't think the draft was going to play out the way that it did in the first 11 picks? That they thought they didn't think Stingley was going to go third? You know, maybe they thought, maybe they, there was two or three guys they thought were going to be there. But Jamison Williams was there. He made reference that Jamison Williams was someone that they considered in his, in his post-draft press conference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, I mean, the thing about this, the Lions felt, and it is the Lions, but the Lions felt so good about Williams that they traded up 20. Now, of course... You know, they basically only had to give up the the extra third round pick. So, I don't know. Uh, a couple more things here, and we'll get to question number two. Quasi did say, quote, there was a curveball thrown in. Actually, we might have this clip, the curveball clip, uh, at, have, the, at the very end of the first round. He got calls on 32? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there were calls. Uh, we considered everything that came to our door. There was, there was a curveball thrown in right at the end that tested a... Uh, you know, your, your plan, so to speak. Everybody got a plan until they get hit in the face, right? With it. That's what they say. But, uh, you know, we stuck to our guns. Um, you know, it was cool. It was cool being in that room and people feeling the, the, the gravity of the moment. And, you know, I just you said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is why. And everybody understood. And, and we, again, like I said, we moved as a unit and we're happy about it. And we're excited to come in tomorrow and start all over again. Okay, Judd. <laughs> Judd's going to blow a gasket. <laughs> Stop. Acting like everything that happens, like you, like you, are a fan who gets to watch the experience. Stop! <laughs> stop it! This is stop his first it. draft. I know, but don't tell me that. Act like you've been there before. I mean, this is like well, he hasn't. I know, but this is like a pilot seven forty seven flying the Big Bird for the first time. Who gets on? We're just going to enjoy this turbulence, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is my first flight of all. Have you? <laughs> ever seen all the equipment up here oh my god hey ted show me that oh what happens if i push this button ted honest to god stop it give me confidence i don't want the pilot being like it was so cool to be in the room i mean did you you did you guys know we got pennants in there they're all they're all hung up and it's great we got a big screen tv that i i've never seen that big screen tv before is that from tcl give me confidence i have no confidence is that the most candid a vikings gm has been about because rick would say rick will say we got calls here calls there but he was pretty specific he said yeah we had a call for the 32nd pick that tested our willpower. And I'm guessing the, the, the 32nd pick, and you could say this about any late round pick from like 28 to 32. Those are really, really popular spots to draft or trade up for quarterbacks because a first round pick, you get the bonus, the 50 year option on a player before he hits free agency. So somebody probably called the Vikings about moving up to draft Malik Willis. And that's question number two here on Four Question Friday. Should the Vikings have drafted Malik Willis with the 32nd pick? And we can do a deeper dive into this maybe next week, but let's just spend a couple minutes on this. All right. I'm going to allow Declan to go because I think he's far more passionate about this topic than I am. Yeah, I think you should. Uh, you, you can still take him too at 34. Jaguars aren't going to take one. But Jag- if, you, if you're going to, but here's the thing if you're going to take him at 34, then you screwed up. You should have taken him at 32 because then you get the fifth year yeah. option on a quarterback sure. that's not ready to start right away, right? 
If they take him at 34, yes. I will fillet them on the next episode of Purple Daily. <laughs> no, you're right. It will be a huge and, mistake to not take him at 32 instead of 34. I think there's a better chance that they trade out and trade back again than, oh ta- than take him. Yeah, I'm serious, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah, no, I, I think that there's a real chance that they trade back. I, I think you should have. Um, I, I think... He's a good contingency plan. He's a freak athlete. He's not ready to play right away. I think it would have been it would have made up for them moving all the way back. It would have made up for that. Yes, the fifth year option would make more sense to at thirty two instead of taking him at thirty four, only getting him on a four year contract. I think he should have done it. It would have been the perfect uh, succession plan to Kirk Cousins. He would sit by, behind him for a little bit. And I know Kirk does not like to embrace someone behind him. For God's sakes, Sean Manning is still QB two for all we know when when this season opens. So I would have done it. I would have done it in a heartbeat. So I think we could say uh, definitively, and this is where I'm going to have some faith here, and it's not in Quasi as much probably as it is in Kevin O'Connell. I think definitively that KOC, who is going to be, I think, the most important person in choosing the successor to Cousins, said, that's not my guy. Because if he had said, Quasi, <laughs> hold on a second here, this is my guy. I got to have him. It's brilliant. We're at 32, fifth-year option in play. So... To, I guess to throw a counterpoint at Declan's point, I trust that Kevin O'Connell, until until he proves he can't do it, is going to find a young quarterback that he can develop. And I trust that this is not the guy because no matter what the head cook security guy said, the the um, the maintenance guy, I think Kevin O'Connell's voice is going to carry the most when it comes to selecting the next QB. So. I'm going to have faith here that the Vikings made the right move by passing on Willis because the head coach said this is not the guy yet. Yeah, it's all. it would also be really hard in your first year as a head coach to build an offense around Kirk Cousins right, and all the things that go into being a first-time head coach. And then you got Malik Willis sitting over here, and he needs all sorts of attention and development, right, and footwork and mechanics, and you, gotta, you just got to turn him into more of a professional quarterback than scrambling and trying to make plays against you know second-rate teams at Liberty. Two of the most polar opposite quarterbacks you're going to find. You got statue pocket passer guy that needs everything very much mapped out, first-read quarterback, and then you got Malik Willis who's going to just keep plays alive and throw bombs down the field, right? So I don't know how you would de- – it, it would. it's hard to envision them devoting as much attention as needed to both of those two. It's also interesting yes. to me that the entire league passed on Malik Willis in the first round. I'm shocked. Now, a team very clearly tried to go up and get him at 32, I think. You know, we don't know for sure, but a team clearly tried to get into that into that 32nd spot. So maybe the jump from Liberty to the NFL just turned out to be too much for teams to gamble on. They just said, ah, man, the, the upside is so huge here, but the bust rate is high, and he's going to need for sure to sit a year. And I, th- I think teams just got a little bit nervous about the jump from Liberty to the NFL when it was all said and done. And so I, this is one of the instances where I'm, I'm just going to kind of trust the league the league passed on him in the first round. And so I'm going to trust that there's a lot of work to be done there, and maybe the Vikings aren't the best spot to devote that kind of attention, especially with Kirk under contract for, for two more years. I don't know that I trust the league as a whole, but I do think that it's imperative that O'Connell be in, entirely comfortable with with the next QB choice. Like, I'm not going to force feed him and, and be like, you got to develop. No. And, and the point's a great point, which is, how do you develop Malik Willis behind the scenes in practice with Kirk Cousins' offense? It's hard. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how you do it. It'll be really hard. Yeah. Well, then the other thing here is the way that they're going. 
if everyone stays healthy, they're going to be a competitive team. You know, we'll, we'll make it. We'll we'll make another run at the schedule here and do picks at some point. But they're probably tracking to be, you know, eight, nine, ten win team here again. And they and they right now they have one first round pick for 2023. And I don't I don't know that there's a way now that you're gonna. There's no trade that can be made now on day two that's going to net you a first round pick in next year's draft, right? So unless you trade a player at some point yeah. for a first round pick, I don't know, yeah. or you trade multiple picks in future drafts to move up next year, it's going to be hard for you to get one of the top two or three quarterbacks in next year's draft, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why the Lions thing to me at first, when when news broke that it was a trade and we didn't know the parameters between the Vikings and Lions was so exciting. Because, I, I, oh man, if they just won this trade, if they just fleeced the Lions, this is going to be so great. And uh, obviously it didn't. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we get to question number three here, what a freaking blast last night at Surly Brewing Company. We all kind of like we all walked out at whatever 1130 or midnight, just sort of the crowd was amazing. So many of you guys stayed through the rain and through the wind and the cold and through the trade that kind of buzz killed everything. But yeah, I'll throw it to you, Judd, to, to talk about Surly and the draft party here. But just a huge thank you to everybody involved on all fronts, and you guys are the best listeners and, and viewers of this show. It was just a freaking blast last night. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. And from Surly on down, I mean, everything about that was so much fun. And, Phil, you're, you're right. It was cold. It started to rain. Hell, it started to pour. And people <laughs> stuck around and sat there and watched Hundreds us. of people, man. Just a, You guys are awesome. <laughs> and and look, let's, all, let's also bow down to, before I die, brew. You tapped, pale ale, you, you tapped out. You tapped out. You tapped out. You t- congratulate, ladies <laughs> oh, and gentlemen. Yeah. Now, now, uh, uh, Phil Dex and I played a role too, but it was a very small one because we had to be responsible. But um, you guys tapped them out. You tapped them out. That was a fantastic beer, and I think it's safe to say, I, I honestly think for those, for us, and those who joined us at at the brew hall, I think it's very fair to say that the highlight of the draft was before i die mm-hmm. ale it was yeah because it, it was wasn't amazing. the vikings pick <laughs> it helped us cope with the vikings pick and it wasn't trading it. back but before <laughs> i die pale ale was the highlight the mvp along with with all of the people like phil said who showed up you guys were awesome fantastic and thank you so much yep uh, all right declan if the weather starts to break here Golf USA sounds like a pretty good place to be here in the coming days. Huh? Exactly right. You don't have to trade back. You don't have to get extra value. You can just go there and get the picks that you need at Golf USA. Uh, it's on the corner of Flying Cloud Drive and, and a Prairie, a Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. If you need grip installation, they have a huge selection, too, of clothing and shoes. The best savings you'll see all year. Over 10,000 items new and used. Golf USA in Eden Prairie. It's locally owned and managed on the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. Boom. All right. Question number three here for Question Friday. What in general, or specifically, if you guys have specific thoughts here too, but what in general would you like to see the Vikings do for the rest of the draft here the next couple of days? I'll start off by saying a very simple thing. Quit trading down. Take the best player available at your pick. Quit trying to be cute. Quit trying to pay owed homage to Rick. Just quit it. Quit try. You know, you don't need to stockpile picks here. You don't need to look. They have enough young players on their roster. They right? do. And They've got an entire. I mean, we talked about this. They've got an entire 2021 draft class. A large part they don't know about, which I think is an advantage here because I don't think that they're all busts. 
But yes, they do. Take the best player. Get the best talent that you possibly can. You need enough help where I don't don't think it's smart to say, yeah, but oh boy, if we go back, uh, we can get a couple more. You know what I want them to do? I want them to not trade out, and I want them to get, uh, uh, I believe his name is Cam Jurgens, yep, the center from yep. Nebraska. I want someone to compete with Bradbury, and I want them to do what I'm saying because I'm losing faith in their ability to do their own thing. In fact, Quasi, call me. You're calling everybody else. You called Stella the dog last night. I got home. (laughs) Stella's like, yeah, Quasi called me too. Call, you know, give me a call. I'll help you out here. But I just, I don't move back and quit. Quit going to the podium and acting like this is the cool, like like it's a cool job yeah, that like, you're, you're so fortunate you're, to you're have. You're way this job. too hard on Quasi right I, now. But, it, but he's t- but he keeps doing it every time this he gets up there. He's like, it's great, you know. I get to talk to all these people. I mean, you're it, no show confidence. Show confidence I think, to me. I, I I sense a lot of confidence from him, but I also feel like he seems like a little bit of a people pleaser too. Yeah. So and actually. That's kind of my personality. Like I'm, I'm unwarrantedly confident sometimes, but I'm also a people pleaser, and so I, I can kind of empathize with it. But I need to see the rest of this draft, and I probably need to see another season or two before we can really even have a full judgment on this. I don't love the trade. I'm okay with his personality. Seems like it rubs you well, the wrong way. No, he's a no, no. He's a very intelligent guy, and I think he's very smart. But quit telling me that that you crossed paths with Tarkington last night and got him to sign your 1975 football card. <laughs> Did that happen? No, but it's just like everything <laughs> oh, he says. You're just lying about yeah. him. But but it's you're like just, you're just attacking him but, with made up narratives. But it's like everything he says is like. I mean, I was in that room and Scott Studwell came in and I'm like, I got your, I got a poster of you on my bedroom wall. Can you come Stud. over and sign it? Stop it, Studwell. Stud. Studwell. All right, what do you what do you want to see, Declan? Uh, I just I would like to see them, yes, not trade back. Uh, I'd love to see them get another skill position player. I wouldn't mind them taking another wide receiver. I wouldn't mind them getting another defensive end to help uh, help out Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. I I just don't want to see them continue doing this cute things of, of trading back. Also, selfishly, I want the Vikings to only make seven picks for write that down because I did not have. I went and combed through my predictions that I like that I have saved in my document for round one. I don't think it's, it's going to be a bloodbath on our accountability session. So just selfishly <laughs> on this show, I would like to see the Vikings make the right picks, not get cute. Go do your jobs. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to get pretty specific here with the next three picks in particular. There's four positions. I'd love to see them attack in some way. And they're going to obviously going to have to leave one of these out because there's only three picks, but there's some wide receivers on the board that are a lot of fun. George Pickens is on the board. Christian Watson, the NDSU kid, is on the board. I don't know how they feel about Sky Moore from Western Michigan. He's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but that's another guy that I could see the Vikings potentially if they're looking for another wide receiver weapon. So, listen, if they wound up with George Pickens with the 34th pick, I'm in on it. Andrew Booth is the top cornerback left on the board from Clemson. He's actually 23rd on PFF's big board. So if they selected him with the 34th pick, I would be happy Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska is another one of the top two or three cornerbacks still on the board. So is there a way? And then there's a couple centers, Cam Juergens, and then actually PFF has Donovan West from Arizona State even higher than Cam Juergens. And those guys are kind of in like the 70 to 80 range or like late 60s on their big board. So with your next three picks, which are 34, 66, and 77, if you could wind up with, let's say, George Pickens and or Christian Watson, 
Andrew Booth and or Cam Taylor Britt. I don't think you're going to get Booth and Pickens because both those guys are going to be off the board before 66. And then one of those centers or an edge rusher. All right. And then you got to nail those picks. You, it's you know it's not you can't just hang the banner because you drafted a position. You know they drafted Garrett Bradbury once, so no, those are kind of the positions I'm looking at at this point. There's still some explosive players on the board. So we'll see. We will be jumping in live, reacting to things tonight on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and then we're also going to be live after the Timberwolves game, game six at Target Center on the Score North YouTube channel tonight. So we'll be uh, be fairly busy tonight. And then uh, question number four here, just, you know, what was your favorite part about the Purple Daily Surly Draft Party last night besides the Before I Die beer? It's one of the first times that we've had that type of an event yeah. since the pandemic and, you know, since uh, since Score North launched. So what was your what was your favorite part about it last night? To me, it was the fans. I mean, they were you guys were fantastic. You were absolutely like we we legitimately turnout wise didn't know w- what to expect. And I mean, we had guys, multiple people flew in. Atlanta. Um, Evan came in from Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, we had people from West Palm, Atlanta, Austin, like Arizona. I heard in Arizona, Arizona, just the Dakotas. I mean, yeah, both Dakotas. Dakotas coming in. I mean, you guys were <laughs> you you guys were the MVPs as well because that was I mean that was a chilly football footbally October. Night and uh, and the Purple Daily audience turned out and represented and were absolutely outstanding and fun to talk to. And yes, we did find out that Judd is is more than willing to shake hands and talk to people. Hello. But I still don't remember your names. No, that's not my fault. That's <laughs> a that's a a error of some sort in the old Judd brain. I'd like to absolve myself of any guilt here. I thought it was awesome, yeah, meeting all these fans and and just everyone coming up to us and not just talking Vikings, but just talking wild and talking all the, all sorts of stuff we do. And it, it was cool. We we got to meet people from all all backgrounds, which I thought was pretty damn cool. Um, young people, older people. Um, it was an incredible experience. Like it was it was really really neat. I mean, every time just walking from the brew hall to get to the bathroom, getting stopped and talking to everyone, I, even sitting down and talking with all these yeah. Vikings fans. I thought it was a blast meeting everyone. Yeah, I think uh, just. So many different people from different parts of the state, different parts of the country, different backgrounds. It was it was just really cool to put and even you know to put some faces to some names that we see via email, YouTube comment section, social media, and just building a personal connection and, and a friendship with people last night. So I think it it makes us want to do for for sure want to do this again next year, and then and then maybe find two or three other chances to to do some fun stuff on site as the season approaches or training camp or something. So, yeah, you, you, I mean, the listeners and the viewers of this show, you know, we just sit up here and we blab every day and we appreciate so much that you watch and you and you consume us. But you guys are the ones that drive the show. We react to what you want to hear. We react to your comments and your feedback. And so it was just, it was a blast to do it on site last night. So, all right. Thank you. Let's shut up and post this on the Purple Daily YouTube out. channel and podcast Get feed. Out there. So, all right, that's our uh, mostly clear-headed thoughts after... A wild first round of the NFL draft. Nine trades, maybe even ten, something like that. A couple star receivers. It, it was drunk. It's like, what? That whole thing was drunk. And now we get uh, we get the second night tonight in Timberwolves, which we'll react to, like we said, on the Scornoth YouTube channel. So thank you, guys. Appreciate you so much. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.